0: Tomorrow's Wall Street Titan might be an AI bot. 40% of all open job roles in finance today are for AI-related hires, and almost half of firms cite AI as a way to improve customer experiences. Find out more about the impact of AI on finance later in the podcast.
2: Why does Natalie get the best stuff? Again, I did. Mean, she's Natalie
3: Portman. I know, but I'm Kara Nortman, like come on. <laughs> I'm Emily Chang, and this is The Circuit. They're the buzziest women's pro soccer team in the US, and they're betting that this is the next billion dollar sports opportunity. On this episode of The Circuit, I sit down with the founders of Angel City FC, venture capitalist Kara Nortman, entrepreneur Julie Ehrman, and actress Natalie Portman. In just their second season, the team is selling out stadiums, boosting the profile of the National Women's Soccer League and changing sports culture. They've hired star players, several of whom will be playing in the 2023 Women's World Cup. In their first ever joint interview, we talk about Angel City FC's mission to transform the economics of women's sports and build a new era of soccer fandom. I also learn the signature Angel City FC chant. One, two, three, oh. all right. <laughs> Here's my conversation with Angel City FC co-founders Kara Nortman, Julie Ehrman, and Natalie Portman. Do you get nervous before every game? Oh, God, yes. Before a game.
2: Okay. Before an interview, no. Uh, no. Before a game, I, I walk around with a trash bag. Yeah. I' <laughs> like, Julie, we prepared as much as we can. I'm like, that yeah. doesn't comfort me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering, like, how much does winning really matter? It matters. It
2: matters. <laughs> yeah. It you know. makes everything easier. And, like, yeah. it's like your kids, right? You want them to perform, they, you want them to win, because it's yeah. you just, you want it for them. You want it for the fans, like, you want it. Right, right. So it's it's a lot. I don't think we've ever done this. Have three you not? Yeah. Oh. Let's, let's be
1: exciting, guys. <laughs> What's gonna happen? We're all pretty good at talking. <laughs>
4: yeah. We're gonna take turns. Okay. We've never done this, all three of us. Um, really? I mean, we've been together
1: in lots of places, but we've not me. done, like, a formal interview like this.
4: Opening day. How
3: does it feel? How is the team gelling, looking to you? I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. The team (laughs) looks
2: incredible. We made some amazing additions in the offseason, including Alyssa Thompson, who's our homegrown hero, high school student from Harvard-Westlake, graduating this year.
3: But we have a sold-out crowd tonight for our home opener, and we couldn't be more excited. Natalie, I've heard you tell this beautiful story, like... Wasn't it your son that got you hooked and, and also made you realize that maybe we could change how we view women's sports?
4: We were watching the Women's World Cup and I saw my son, who was, I think, seven at the time, idolizing the female players in the same way that he idolized the male players. And when I saw him, you know, wanting a Rapino jersey and an Alex Morgan jersey and a, a Christian Press jersey, Um, just as much as you wanted the Messi and Mbappe and Griezmann jerseys, I was like, this is a way to change culture. Like, what a different world. Of course we know for girls it means so much to have female athletes to look up to, but for boys, to look up to women also, it's really for everyone. It's, It's for all genders.
3: I mean, this just started out as a kernel of an idea, and now you are breaking attendance records. Like,
4: what was the spark that lit the fire that got you to start Angel City? Well, Kara and I met at a Times Up event. Times Up, uh, if, if you don't know already, it, which you probably do, was at a group of women um, in vi- various industries working towards uh, women's uh, equity in, in the workplace. And Kara had started the kind of VC uh, version of that called All Raise, and we met through that. And then we met some of the female uh, players from the U.S. national team, and heard their fight for pay equity. It really helped us um, understand that soccer was an incredible opportunity to, to use something joyful to spread equity. Kara and I started talking about what would it look like if we brought a team to LA, and then Kara brought Julian, who they had known each other forever, and she has been leading us since. Yeah. So it's been a really group, uh, incredible group effort.
3: Kara, you're a venture capitalist, and so you've spent years trying to make tech companies profitable. Like, What is the plan to turn Angel City into the next unicorn?
1: Yeah, well, I I think we should get rid of that word unicorn at this point. (laughs) All right,
3: it's gone. Sustainable business
1: that can keep breaking through glass ceilings and all ceilings. It's a unique opportunity in women's sports to to do that. But I think the, the, the interesting thing about sports relative to tech We talk about product market fit a lot in tech, which means you're actually trying to build to a new consumer and user behavior that may not exist. In sports, we're literally trying to put butts in seats. (laughs) And so once you put the butts in the seats, every other revenue stream flows from that, right? And there's incredibly valuable rights, media rights, merchandising rights, Deeming rights, all of these different rights that flow from putting the butts in the seats and people being able to follow it. So I think the really interesting thing about women's sports and Angel City specifically is that you can get into the tens of millions of dollars of revenue even before media revenue. And so we have a plan to be the first hundred million dollar revenue business in women's sports. And we're constantly sort of trying to figure out how to do the core things, put butts in seats, really bring in mission aligned sponsors while building to new revenue streams that may be even more innovative than the men's side.
3: Yeah, well that's the point, right? You've got this ownership group filled with all of these powerful collaborators, mostly women, what kind of energy do they bring to the table? Like different than a traditional male owner? Group. It's incredibly different. It's a majority female ownership group
2: and we all come came together because we wanted to drive to equity. Truly, we had a larger purpose in building Angel City, which is true equity. And for players, that's pay equity, but it's viewership equity, it's media attention, um, it's butts in seats. And so we realized the importance of using our platform and our voice to draw attention to something bigger. And then the vehicle that you come together is something joyful and fun and competitive which is women's soccer, and in this case, women professional soccer players in the US are the best in the world. It is an incredible product on the pitch. So when you participate with Angel City, when you join us, not only are you driving to equity, but you're also celebrating these incredible athletes and giving them an experience they deserve that they
3: haven't had before. Do you feel the culture changing? I mean, it takes generations to build serious fandom, and you've done it in like, a few years? Oh, I mean, that's the thing about
1: this that's so special, and you'll feel it tonight, the electricity. It's like these joyful movements where if you look in the stadium tonight, it represents Los Angeles. It's, you know, it's pretty equally male, female, black, white, brown, gay, straight. It's, It's like, it is LA, and so, Again, it's one of those things where, I I always talk about sports as socially acceptable tribalism, and like the highs and the lows, but you sit next, like you have a Democrat and Republican sitting next to each other, may not even realize it, and they're hugging each other. It has, I think for me personally, as someone who's kind of been passionate about gender equity, I think as we all have our our whole lives, this, it's a place where diversity in the investment group, in the C-suite, in the coaching staff, Is driving outcomes. It's driving enterprise value. People are showing up to um, to women's sports, women's soccer, um, but many women's sports as much out of joy and even greed as they are. Like it's as much carrot as it is stick and. I really firmly believe that joyful movements is a much faster way to prove the DEI case than anything else, and it's seeing them hand in hand is yeah. making change.
3: You've got Kristen Press, who of course is a huge soccer star. You talked about Alyssa Thompson, the high schooler. Tech people love data. Sports people love data. Julie, how are you building the team to set it up for success using those building blocks? Yeah, I mean. We want to build a winning team. So we want to
2: find the best players in each position. But we also care about building a diverse team, about building a team that's relatable, that's reflective of our community, that are Los Angeles so you can come see your favorite player that may have played at your high school or played at your college. That's important to us because it's about building community and a sense of belonging. And so we think about the international star, the U.S. star, the high school star. How can we build a team where you can ultimately see yourself
3: and want to be a fan of? The bigger ambition here is is about changing the economics of women's sports, right, more broadly. Natalie, how is Angel City trying to drive value back to players, back to the community?
4: I think we're one of the first teams to have a percentage of jersey sales go back to the players, percentage of all of the um, sponsorships go back into the community. So it's been an incredible, um, incredible way that we can give back a little bit to the community that gives us so much. Like, yeah. the community has brought such incredible energy to this game that um, it's, it's, it's really, like, the best feeling that we can give back.
3: Can you believe that, like, this, you know, what, what was it, three years ago this started and now you're here today? I mean, how does that feeling, like, sink in?
2: It's, it's <gasps> takes a while to sink in.
3: I mean, it's been a movement. Alright, every
2: single day we've been building and adding to what it is we're doing, and we've been doing it with the community, and so every day the fandom and the audience and support has grown, and I think it's really propelled us to where we are today uh, because we care, just amount of, we care just as much about the product on the pitch as the impact we make in our community. And we lead with our values, which is what brings us all together.
3: The game has been changing slowly. I mean, huge milestone, obviously, the pay equity settlement between the women's and men's national team. Does it feel like the game is changing? Yeah. Or is there just so much
1: work I mean, to it, do? it does, because, you know, um, I had a chance to be at the uh, sold-out Eurofinals at Wembley, and we were all there again at a sold-out Wembley for the U.S.-England game. But you're also seeing sold-out stadiums in New Zealand for the Black Ferns, you know, kind of media records, revenue records being broken for the first year ever in Premier League women's cricket. In India, 25,000 fans show up to watch the fourth division Newcastle team, the first time the women play in the men's stadium. So I think the thing that's very cool, um, you know, is just it's this moment in time where when you show people it's possible, more people try and it is like it is the thing I always I do joke around that it took now I should say the female Thor the queen of Star Wars who are you talking about I always have a growth mindset but it literally took Natalie saying why don't we bring a team to LA and initially I was like that sounds really hard and she said don't you know how to do these things and I'm like I yeah but you need x y and z you need a stadium you need you know investors you need a president you need all of these different things and but what The reason I think it's changing so quickly now is because the world has wanted it for a very long time. And you know, I think we hit the market in the right way and there's continuing to be examples set as to why it's possibilities and all the different ways it can show up in different cities and countries. And so more and more people will put real money in and will attempt to do things that they thought were impossible three or four years ago.
3: Julie, the aspiration I know is to be a global brand. Yes. What are the other building blocks that you need? What else needs to happen? Being a global brand allows everything else to happen.
2: If you're a global brand, you draw the most attention and awareness. Then I can capture that fan base and try to convert them into Angel City fans, get them to pay for merch, get them to come to games. When someone comes to a game, 1% of our gate receipts goes back to our players. When a sponsor wants to align with us because we have the largest audience and we're value aligned, 10% of their sponsorship dollars goes back into the community through our equity essentials, an education platform. So the larger I get and the more exposure and I can bring them into the Angel City family, the more impact I can have for my players and our community.
3: The circuit continues after this quick break.
0: Connecting human-led responsible AI with rich data sets is driving financial innovation in new and unexpected ways. Imagine a bank that uses AI to help detect fraud or a personalized financial planning tool that knows when you wanna retire and where. Pretty amazing, right? But financial services companies need a secure and resilient network to support AI architecture. With the next level network from AT&T Business, AI data travels at low latency through reliable, fast connectivity. So financial leaders can focus on what matters most, a better future for their businesses and their customers. Learn about connected solutions from AT&T Business at att.com slash y-att-business.
3: OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at bloomberg.com slash techsf. Natalie, I've heard you talk about Time's Up and how until Time's Up, there was this sense of women always competing against each other, but you learned how to compete as a team, as a team of women. Has Angel City helped drive that point home, like watching these women compete as a
4: team? Absolutely, I mean, the model of having a team where every woman's goal is the whole team's goal, yeah. that reflects into what we strive for as women working together. Yeah. And it absolutely, it's like the perfect model for for girls and women to learn from, to see all these women like jumping on top of each other when one of them scores, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and it's how we all try to support each other too. Yeah.
3: Carrie, you're launching this new thing Monarch Collective, I believe it's called, where you're trying to help elevate women's sports and give people more investing power. Can you explain?
1: Yeah, so it's gonna be a dedicated pool of capital to invest in women's sports teams, leagues, and very specific rights-based adjacencies. We think it'll be the first of its kind that's exclusively focused on women, but hopefully there will be many more that we collaborate with and help put in business and work alongside you know, the men's funds, which is if you bring the right kind of coalitions into the investment group that represent that community and represent different skill sets and you bring over playbooks from teams that are working in women's and men's sports, we, you know, we can hopefully drive more outcomes more quickly across women's teams and leagues. So I have a terrific partner named Jasmine Robinson and (laughs) we're just getting going.
3: been five years since times up. Five years since Brotopia. You know where we talk about the yes, tech. Brotopia. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: Brotopia.
3: Brotopia is <laughs> um, Sure. I mean, we're talking about all this progress. But do you ever feel like it, we've we've lost some of the progress, or that sometimes things are moving backwards?
1: I think that our path is never going to be linear. And I think for us to think that um, everything's going to be perfect and kumbaya all, all the way through is not paying homage to the fact that everything everything good in life is hard and that I think honestly one of the most important things I've learned through all the gender equity work and through Angel City is we all also have to be able to make mistakes be different hit setbacks and not feel shame or badly about it we just do our best work try to learn from it and get better and um, truly uh, I get the chills saying this but like today feels different even than last year because Mm. these women are like my sisters Mm. now and I feel like that with so many of the women that I've had a chance to work with over the last five years, but with these two specifically, it's just like, you know, you have each other's backs. You let each other, you know, sometimes take three steps forward, even if it means you take one or two steps back, and I think that is the way to progress. Um, Women need to
3: not expect uh, ourselves to be perfect. How would you answer that question, obviously, in Hollywood? Is it ever a few steps forward and a few steps back?
4: Yeah, I think that there were a lot of great strides made and of course then there's also you know always things that are happening in the world there's there's different challenges that women are facing everywhere and will continue to face unfortunately for a long time but that's what makes all of this like even more meaningful because the whole goal is to uplift these women and value them the way they deserve to be valued yeah. and and like they've been saying it's like Everyone knows how valuable they are. Everyone, everyone is a huge fan already. It's just creating the access to, to get to watch them in action. That, that is what we're, we have to improve.
3: What, what's our responsibility as parents? And honestly, I'm feeling this now based on the things I've heard all of you say. Like, I want my sons to wear Kristen Press jerseys and Alyssa Thompson. You know, what can we do as parents to help accelerate the culture change that we want to see?
4: That's a great question. I mean, the easiest way it is to watch the games. Um, you know, you can watch it at at home or, you know, come in person if, you're, if you have the ability to come in, in a city where there's games. But just to watch the games, I think, is like... That's why it's like, it's very easy and fun. You know, like, it's not broccoli.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's not broccoli. The other thing is, I mean, I learned this from Natalie and Abby Wambach and others, but um, even if you're, you know, you fancy yourself progressive and a gender equity activist, we don't realize our own embedded sexism, misogyny, whatever it is. And I think Natalie's story is really telling. I think we all feel that way. Sometimes even, we just assume our kids are gonna have certain preferences, and they don't. It's like Mm -hmm. they are growing up in a completely different reality than we are. And my favorite um, emails and texts afterwards are the ones I get which say, my 15-year-old son does not wanna miss an Angel City game. Mm -hmm. And so the power of growing up as a girl today, thinking you could be president or a professional athlete, there's power in that, but there's just as much power in like the men of tomorrow, seeing women in their power, sweating Mm -hmm. and loving it. And so I think those two things, uh, just showing up as parents yeah. and letting them letting them fall in love in their own way with sports.
3: There's more teams coming to the US, and we've also actually seen the women's club game in Europe kind of take off. How are you watching what's happening in europe and how how does it compare? what's happening in the United States?
2: I mean, the growth in women's football is everywhere. I mean, you see it when Chelsea plays Arsenal. You see when Barcelona plays at Camp Nou. You see it at the Euro finals. You're seeing it at the FIFA World Cup this year when they changed the stadium to a stadium that was twice as big because they already sold out the tickets. Yeah. The reality is people want to watch women's sports. They want to invest in women's sports. They want to support women's sports. We just have to make it easier, and the world has to start telling the story like you're doing today because it's not an anomaly that we have a sold-out crowd today. We're going to have 12 games, and we're going to have 12 sold-out games. That's because we're making sure people know that we exist. The more people can tell the story, the easier it is for people to become a fan.
3: The league has grappled with allegations of sexual assault and harassment, and I know a number of coaches have resigned or left. Do you feel like that's fully behind the league? Or is there still work to do? Yeah, I mean, I would say it is
2: behind the league, which is to say we've addressed the past and we're putting in rules and policies and procedures to make sure that we have a safe and secure environment for our players, an opportunity to voice any concerns, and the training of our staff and coaches to create an environment where our players can actually be the best they can be. It would be naive to say that it's over and nothing will ever happen again, but we are working
3: hard to create
2: the safest and best environment for our players.
3: So when you look across the landscape, where do you see other places to elevate women and women leaders in the game that'll trickle all the way down to the youth level. I think about like me as a mom, my kids play soccer, like I want them to experience this beautiful world that we are all driving towards, that you are driving us towards. Where do you see the gaps and what else needs to change? Well, I mean,
1: the first and foremost is just uh, the distribution of, of uh, the actually being able to watch the games um, and then the storytelling around it. And so. Last year, if you wanted to watch all the Angel City games, you had to subscribe, I think, to four or five different streaming services, one of which was only in Spanish. You have to work hard
3: to be a fan! As you
1: say, there are no lazy female sports fans. They don't exist. So we aspire for lazy fans. You know, like, that would be great. (laughs) Um, But I think the second part of it's really important. It is the storytelling. You know, women are natural storytellers. If you look at the social media following, even of the players in the Final Four, Of the NCAA tournament, men's and women's, you'll see the women's players tend to have a lot more followers than the men's players. So I think high-quality content that makes us feel connected to the the story of these players' lives is really important. And then I think the final thing is we're at the earliest phases. I mean, if you look at women's soccer, basketball, volleyball, you know, many sports in other countries too, I'll just take women's soccer because it's the one we're talking about today. We have, you know, 12 teams going to a few more. In most mature men's leagues, you have 30 to 36 teams. And so getting teams in cities, so you guys can show up in your hometown with your sons. Um, And so it is a little bit like the NFL or NBA probably in the 80s or 90s. And so more places you can touch and feel it in the real world and digitally will just naturally take on its own life.
3: Yeah. Have you traded notes with any of the other ownership groups? Every like, yeah. a chance Are they calling you and saying like, how can I do this? No, this is one
1: thing by the yeah. way that comes up all the time that I love to talk about, because I didn't know this didn't happen, is that it's just super collaborative Yeah. across the board, on the business yeah. side. I was just in Salt Lake City for the announcement of the Salt Lake women's team, and they're like, Julie's been so amazing in helping <laughs> with XYZ. Yeah. Natalie's been so amazing. So I think, um, all three of us always say call us up, we'll help however we can, move playbooks over, share our models, and I mean, I think it's like, it's almost like the open source movement. I think of it as like open sourcing what works because you're gonna see such cool innovation in different ways in Kansas versus North Carolina versus Louisville and and wherever else. Yeah,
3: so Natalie, is the dream our little boys and girls looking at Kristen Press or Sydney LaRue or Alyssa Thompson and saying like, that's my Mbappe, that's my Messi,
4: Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of kids already who are looking at Kristen Press, (laughs) Melissa Thompson, and all of our players as their heroes. And it is just more about then getting value to those heroes. Because that's the thing is that the demand is already there. It just needs, like, we need to be able to supply it to people easily in their living rooms, you know? I think those uh, players are already high up in all the kids' eyes.
3: We've got the momentum from the Men's World Cup, but let's be honest, the women have won, the U.S. women have won two World Cups in a row. When it comes to that level of the game, when are women going to get the recognition that they deserve? Well, I
2: hope it's this year. They fought hard and won a lawsuit against U.S. soccer for equal pay, FIFA saying they'll equal prize money by 2027, and I think this is just another opportunity to show the world how incredible they are and how deserving they are of
3: equality. It was a $200 billion event, the Men's World Cup. I mean, I believe that's the, one of the biggest in history. I mean, when, I mean come on!
1: Listen, <laughs> a billion people watched the last Women's World Cup. A billion. I mean, that's just amazing. None of us would be sitting here if it wasn't for the World, Women's World Cup. Um, It was the 2015 World Cup that started my journey to Angel City. Natalie and I really built a friendship, I'd say, around the 2019 World Cup. And that was a huge part of what allowed us to come together in joint purpose to realize we definitely needed to find this (laughs) (laughs) woman. And listen, like I would say, I think the more we can just push out data and sort of separate out data, how many people are watching, how much revenue was generated, how much was put in. you know of course we want things to be completely equal overnight but I think if we can just have transparency around the data and just keep leaning in and getting better and better I I mean soccer and sports like it does lift the world up I mean there's a reason why Nelson Mandela is up there talking about sports when he's you know unifying South Africa it is this joyful way of bringing equity and making change in the world and so I think we're both impatient, but also patient. So my call would be just more and more transparency yeah. around how much is going in and coming out. And hopefully we're there pretty fast.
3: I know obviously the the, the team is getting chosen, right? In a way this is kind of like auditions. Does that add an extra layer of excitement or nerves? I think it's competition and it's good yeah.
2: competition, right? You want to perform well for your team so that your your national team coach <laughs> will recognize you and call you up. and. We have players on the Canadian team and the Jamaican team and the Japanese team and the Scottish team. We'd really like to get some on the U.S. women's (laughs) national team. So it starts today.
3: For the 2023 World Cup, several Angel City players were chosen to play in the tournament, including two for the U.S. team. But despite their big splash, Angel City struggled to put up a winning record out of the gate, and the team fired its first head coach. Though there are challenges on the field ahead, few would have bet they'd come this far this fast. So you're trying to build a soccer-slash-football club for the future. What does it look like? Let's say five, 10 years from now, what's changed? Yeah, I mean, well,
2: Angel City has sold-out games every time we play, (laughs) but more importantly, the other 12 and 14 teams in the league are also seeing sold-out crowds. That they are investing in their players, investing in their community, building a product that people wanna go see, and the excitement and the tension around women's football is
3: national. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Circuit. I'm Emily Chang. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Emily Chang TV. You can watch new episodes of The Circuit on Bloomberg Television or on demand by downloading the Bloomberg app to your smart TV. And check out our other Bloomberg podcasts on Apple Podcasts, the iHeart Media app, or wherever you listen to shows. And let us know what you think by leaving us a review. I'm your host and executive producer. Our senior producer is Lauren Ellis. Our associate producer is Lizzie Phillip. Our editor is Sebastian Escobar. Thanks so much for listening. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies, from big tech to startups, will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang.